It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Welcome back for Faithful Biz. Amanda and I have been working through Jesus versus hurry and worry. Because hurry and worry is a thing in this world, and it's really easy to get sucked into it with so much activity on the internet and in the news and just in life. And it feels like I don't know, the harder I try to keep it under control, the more things that get added in and popped in. And it kind of convicted me to go and look at the life of Jesus and how did he handle things? And he didn't blow people off. He was there for the people he needed to be there for, but he took a lot of time in prayer. And I think that's how he stayed, stayed sane and stable, uh, despite the fact he was very popular and sought out. So today we're going to be talking about the third item, which is Jesus was an encourager. He healed a lot of people. He listened to a lot of people um, and he helped them, but he wasn't a bank. He wasn't handing out money. I don't see anywhere recorded in the scriptures where Jesus handed out money, which I found to be very interesting, especially because I've had a lot of guilt around money for a lot of my life and paid for things for people and gave out money. And I started looking and realizing that when I'm doing that, I'm trying to be their Jesus instead of send them to him to solve their financial problems. So I'm actually robbing from them the opportunity to let Jesus work it out for them. So anyway, I'm so excited to hear what your thoughts are on it. Amanda, I just love this topic and it's, it's really convicted me a lot. So welcome. Hey, so this is such a good and interesting um, thing to think about, because I know a lot of us think that throwing money at something is going to make it go away or solve the problem. And I think there are, there's a lot of good that we can do financially to help people. So I don't think we're saying like, just cut people off necessarily, but we do want to be wise and good stewards of what God has given us. And Jesus didn't have, he didn't have money, right? He had no place to lay his head. He was from town to town, to city to city. He didn't have like, he didn't have like a job where he was having to go in and work from nine to five. And then, you know, he showed, he would show up places and he would allow God to provide what was needed for the people that were there. So whether it was, feeding the 5,000. So Luke 9, 10 talks about feeding the 5,000 and the disciples are like, well, we don't have, you know, to send them away to find lodging and get provisions for we're here in a desolate place. And he said, you give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we're to go and buy food for all these people for they're about 5,000 men. And he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of 50 each. So they did and had them all sit down. And after taking five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing over them. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the the disciples to set before the crowd and all ate and were satisfied. And what was left over was picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces. So Jesus did not worry about 
how it was going to be possible. He just obeyed. He just had faith that the Lord was going to provide and take care of it. He was faithful to go where, where his father had told him to go and do the things his father told him to do. In John, he says, I only do the things I see my father doing. I only say the things that I hear my father telling me to say. And that did not mean he, like you were saying, he wasn't handing out cash to all the poor. He was, he was healing. He was doing different kinds of works that were not money-based. Um, the one time where they said like, you know, you have to pay your taxes. He's, he pulled a penny out of a fish, right? Like he was able to have exactly what he needed at that moment. And you know, do what he needed to do to fulfill what was needed at that time. But he didn't like go around and just give handouts to all the people. Okay. I'll, I'll come help you in a minute. Here, go do that. Okay. So I think for us, I think we can watch and see how, how do I demonstrate practice good stewardship in this situation? How can I be wise with the resources that I have to best serve the people that God has brought into my life? Because sometimes you're right, like just giving someone money is not actually going to teach them how to make better choices next time. So maybe there needs to be a different kind of gift. Maybe there needs to be um, time spent with this person. Maybe they need to be directed to a, you know, a resource that they can go to, to help them learn how to, um, to, to take care of themselves or have a way to provide, or maybe this is just a time for us to sit down and pray and say, you know what the Lord prompt, this is where the Lord promises to provide for all of our needs. When we seek him, you know, um, it says in, in Matthew that, the, the birds of the air are taken care of every day and how much more value are we, you know, God cares about every single hair on our heads. He knows every penny we have in our bank accounts. He sees every penny we spend and what we spend it on. And he knows if we are being wise or we are being wasteful. So helping someone to draw near to God is also going to help them go to him for wisdom and how to use the resources that he gives because he can give us all things. He is never short of money. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Um, I'm, I think I mentioned this last week, but I'm reading the George Mueller autobiography and he built orphanages in Bristol and the United Kingdom completely off of donations. He never even asked for money. He kept it all secret. He never told anyone what his needs were, except for God. He prayed about his needs and God continually supplied him down to the shilling of what their expenses were time after time after time. And at first he was just, he had rented some houses and then he felt like the Lord was asking him to build some, some, uh, buildings, some, some, uh, like an orphanage basically with lots of rooms to house all the people. So he went out and he prayed for the money for a field. He had the money to buy a field or land. And then he prayed for God to bring in $10,000 or pounds to build this structure. And he, the Lord did, he brought it. And then he built more completely 
asking the Lord to provide. So when someone comes to us and they say, I have a need, I think we first think financial, financial need, but Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone. There's something that we should crave more desperately than food. There is something we should long for more deeply than our next meal. It should be God's word and understanding his will for our lives. So when someone comes to us, you know, you know, so many times Jesus is withdrawing into lonely places and he's praying, you know, his first priority is not what his next meal was going to be. He knew that the father was going to provide for him exactly what he needed. So for us, how do we walk that out? How do we trust that the Lord is going to fulfill those promises to us? Well, I think part of it starts with giving the best of yourself to the Lord. So Kat and I have been getting up early and we've been texting each other so that we will get up. And for the last week and a half, week-ish, um, we've been getting up. And for me, that is giving him the best of myself. My first thoughts, my first time early in the morning. And I know there's a lot of different thoughts out there about when to do your quiet time and when to read your Bible. And honestly, anytime you can read your Bible is a good time. Anytime that you can carve out for prayer is a good time for me. I find it so helpful for me to get up early so that I can give him those first moments. And then the rest of the day is kind of influenced by how I set my mind during those first few moments of the day. So spending time in God's word, I try to read whatever passage I'm in first, because I feel like I need to hear God speaking to me before I turn around and speak, say things to him. So I find a passage in my Bible. I, I pick up where I left off yesterday and then, um, and then I will journal or I'll pray over things that I feel like God is bringing to my mind. Um, before I start mapping out my day and, and working on my schedule. So let prayer and seeking God's will be your first response, not reaching for your checkbook or, you know, getting out your cash, like say, hang on a second. I really need to pray about this because the Lord does want us to be good stewards. He, he wants us to do well with what he's given us. And part of that is being wise in how we are managing all of our resources, including time, including um, money. And I think sometimes time is another um, an energy, you know, some people really just take and take and take. And if we aren't setting good boundaries, then sometimes it's going to be taking too much away from us that we can't serve the ministries that God has assigned in, in the way that he wants us to. So setting good boundaries. Um, Jesus set boundaries. He left, he would go away from the people. He would get on boats or he'd send his apostles away and he'd go up onto the mountain. He set boundaries because he knew where he needed to be using his time. So as you're watching his life, you guys, I think Luke is probably, um, the great, what is a great gospel. They're all great, but Luke's a good you, I mean, you see him, you see Jesus walking through all of these situations with people and his responses to things. And I think it's really good to see, like, how does he interact with people and how does he serve them? How does he teach them? And how does he model that 
I'm going to do more for you than just hand you some money. I'm going to help you seek the Lord. I mean, obviously we can't make paralyzed people walk maybe, you know, but we can point them to the one who can, like Jesus can do all things. So redirecting people to him is always going to be the priority. It's always going to be the best thing that we can do for someone is say, let me intercede for you. Let me, can I be an intercessor for you? I will add you to my prayer list. And it is the most powerful thing that we can do with the time that we've been given for people. So I love it. Uh, it was so powerful. And I love that. I don't know what you're going to read ahead of time. And I love this passage and I'm, I'm a numbers person. I don't know if you knew that, but 12 baskets, how many disciples were there? So Jesus not only feeds exactly 5,000 people, there are exactly 12 baskets left over, exactly what was needed. It's crazy, isn't it? So the disciples each had one, which is their part for doing the work. It's just so yeah. awesome how the Lord, he foresees everything that we possibly need and he's going to provide all of our needs. And I love how you describe that. It's like, you know, sometimes it feels like the easy thing is to just hand somebody money so it doesn't take a drain on our time or Am I going to follow up and actually pray for them? But the best thing we can do, like you said, is get them to the word, get them to God, get them in prayer, pray for them and with them. And not to say that, you know, we don't provide money when Father God wants us to, but taking it to him in prayer first, like he did with the father, right? He prayed and then God provided all the food for yeah. 5,000 plus 12 disciples. Crazy. <laughs> Absolutely share the blessings that God has given us, but the but the priority always needs to be, Lord, what would you have me do in this situation? I, the more I pray for wisdom, I feel like the less wisdom I have. I don't know if that's just some kind of like spiritual oxymoron, but I literally pray for wisdom every single day. And every single day I'm like, I, I have so little wisdom. So I just, I just, you guys, the Bible says that he will give us abundantly when we ask wisdom, direction. It says, when we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. So you are not too late. You have not missed the boat on having a relationship with the Lord. It is not too late for you. There's never a good time better than right now to seek him with all of your cares, all your worries, all the things that are on your heart. He is listening. He knows, and he is working all things out beyond what we can ask or imagine to meet with you and to hear you so that you can know him better. So there's never a better time than right now. Right now is a great time to start. It's not too late. I love it. Getting in the word will change your life. And I love that we're doing this, like start with the Bible first thing in the morning, because it, when I do it, I feel great the whole day, you know, things that would bug me don't, but when I don't do it, I kind of, go around hurried, worried, stressed, frustrated, aggravated, agitated. <laughs> and the list goes on. <laughs> and I feel like he, um, like if he's going to convict me about something, it needs to be when I'm listening and I'm sitting there not being pulled in all these different directions. I'm sitting there listening and he's like this morning, you know, sometimes I'm, I leave, I go to this coffee shop and sometimes I leave to come home and I just feel so thankful and so grateful and so full of joy. Today I was driving home and I was so convicted. I was like, oh, so convicted. Like it was so needed because I had to fix some things. Um, but 
that's, that was how my day started was me getting right before the Lord, me getting that relationship right and him setting my thoughts, right. And my perspective, right. That's what the being in the word, that's what drawing near to God does is it helps you to think rightly about him and who he is and all the things that he has and has done for us. Oh, so beautiful. As Amanda said, it's never too late. And even if you've tried a couple times and you feel like you keep stopping on reading the Bible, start again. Uh, today's a new day. And if you just give it the time and you pray to God for wisdom, like Amanda said, he will give it to you. He'll show it to you. And then you'll start to love the word like we do. It's like this big puzzle that just intricately fits together. And every time I read a page, even if it's in one of the books that I wouldn't consider to be my favorite, you know, I, I still learn something. These words will jump off the page and you're like, these are God's words and he wrote them. So it's just the, I don't know, having a contrite spirit and going and asking him and being humble. It works. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, thank you again. I love these chats. We'll see you guys next week for item number four on Jesus versus hurry. Bye. Bye guys. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on divasthatcare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.